listeners and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Glow West where we chat all about the wonderful world of sex, sexuality and the body. I'm your host Dr Caroline West and as always I'm delighted to be part of the Tortoise Shack Network where you can find tons of content on politics, culture, society and of course my favourite topic of sex. And if you like what you do please do consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash Tortoise Shack to help keep the mics up and running or if you want please pop over to Apple and Spotify and rate and review. It not only makes me very happy and delighted but it also helps other people find the podcast too. So today we are talking about body positivity and how that's not always a straightforward kind of process especially when it comes to sex and dating. So I have an excellent guest to talk to me about this today. I'm joined by Emma Martin Kelly who is a social care worker, market coordinator and student from County Waterford. Emma herself is a large fat woman in her 30s and is passionate about fat liberation having discovered the movement a few years back. She's currently studying a postgrad in sexuality education and sexual health in DCU where she's particularly interested in promoting size inclusion, representation and fat phobia free access to sex ed and healthcare. So Emma thank you so much for joining me. How are you today? Thanks, Caroline. I'm really good. Thanks. How are you? Good, 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 good. I am trying not to cough (laughs) for this whole podcast. So yeah, we will get there. There may be many edits of of coughs, but we're fine. We're fine. Um, We're we're all good. I know people can't see, but we're matching and we're both wearing black and white stripes. I feel like we're on the same page already. So that's always good. Yeah, really good start. (laughs) Brilliant. Well, come here. So like I called you fat in your introduction. And for some people, that is a horrendous thing to do. It's such a like, it's a very loaded label, but you're actually using it. I didn't just call you that, that that is in the bio that you provided to me. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about the use of that word and how you use it, because it's, yeah, it's a, it's a delicate word. It is. It's, it can be quite a loaded word and quite um, an uncomfortable word for many. Uh, for myself, for the last few years, it's become a really powerful word. Um, because I do live my life I, I am a large fat woman um, and I feel like I've reclaimed it as part of learning how to accept my body as it is and not fight against it and I suppose yeah I found power in it in that it has been weaponized against me as long as I've been well as long as I've been fat <laughs> which is my my late childhood teens and my whole adulthood um it has been weaponized um and used in a negative context against me and it's seen in society I suppose as a negative as a very negative thing um and part of the fat liberation movement is that people are using it neutrally and positively as a descriptor you know it's a descriptor as much as tall short brunette you know any kind of descriptor yeah um and yeah reclaiming that has been massive massive for me personally and massive to the movement as well um where you just take the negative power out of it I think that's that's really important because some people would say they'd say oh no I'm fat and they'd say no but you're beautiful and you're like they're not mutually exclusive words like (laughs) no no they're not they're not and I suppose like it's important to say is that like just because me as a fat person has no problem with it doesn't say that every fat person doesn't or shouldn't have a problem with it as well you know a lot of people still find it very 
um very jarring and very hurtful to use which I can totally respect given the negative connotations to being fat yeah yeah like it's our whole world isn't it it's constant yeah. like and especially if you're socialized as a woman as well like the worst thing you could be is fat and like yeah. I remember growing up I was so like malnourished and skinny you know I had like a big lollipop head and this tiny body and there was someone in my, in my life that called me fat like on a regular basis and it was just like a word to weaponize like it wasn't like I wasn't objectively fat or anything I was actually like extremely un- unwell um but that was like it doesn't matter because it's an it's an easy insult it's a, and it's a lazy one isn't it because every yeah. woman's magazine every tv show is constantly like here's how you lose weight get your summer body do a juice detox and all this kind of stuff and it's like they, it's we're morning to night we're told being fat is the worst thing you can be yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's about control and it's so, you know, like the roots for are so damaging. And so, you know, they're, they're, it's rooted in in racism. It's patriarchal. It's, you know, it's it's so damaging and so about controlling of people's bodies, particularly women's, as you say, it's. Um, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite dark and. As I like, yeah, I suppose as I said, like the power in taking it back then and relearning what fat means and what fat is and what it isn't, and it's nothing bad, it's nothing evil, it's nothing, it 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 just is, and that's it, you know. It's it's mad how like you know you're thinking with this and it's like it's your body like it's your like your health it's your whatever is going on with your body like it's literally nothing to do with anyone else and yet people would use it to make character assassinations on you that you're either lazy or you're not eating well or and like people don't look behind it you know it's just like mm-hmm. that quick kind of snap judgment and you know like when when it comes to dating like we had um stephanie bow on the podcast before and she was like people just see me as a fat black woman and they don't like don't see me as any, yeah she's nothing else to them and it was it was a heartbreaking episode i was like i don't know what to say to this because it's so horrendous like but like and and so do you get that obviously your experience as a white woman is going to be different yeah 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 um like as a white like as a white woman I have so much privilege and you know there, there's it's just so it's just so loaded in other ways then like you know with being a fat person like being a fat person and being a large fat person you know like the bigger you are then the less the less privilege the less societal I suppose capital you have mm-hmm. um and yeah it's it's I, I can't imagine being a smaller person I can't imagine being a a, th- a thin person at all I don't I don't know what it's like I never I never have been um as an adult anyway I never have been and yeah like I I, I would have experienced a lot of um comments and things growing up like I don't think I've ever been personally attacked or anything for being fat but then on a on a medical level it's different again you know there's medical violence medical um gaslighting and things that happen when you're fat then there's a societal level there's things with friends family like the people who are closest to me are probably two people like one of those being my husband <laughs> like like everyone close to me has had opinions about my body and had opinions about what I should be doing and had 
I suppose, notions or assumptions about how I conduct myself, how I live my life. And a lot of those are across the board for any fat person that anybody sees, you know, and it's the medical stuff, especially it's like, that's your only problem. Just lose weight and the other problem will magically disappear. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've had it. I've had it all through the years. Like one, and this is personal, but I have no problem sharing it. Like I suffer with um, extremely erratic periods. And for the last 16 years, I've been going and starting again and again with different gynecologists because it's been a case of go and lose the weight and then we'll see I mean it's so dismissive it's so dangerous and thankfully my own GP is excellent but literally only last week I was starting again and finally I couldn't believe it I was listened to I went in and I was geared up for a fight and I was actually listened to and they're actually going to do something and treat me and that's just it's unheard of almost it's unheard of for somebody in my size body and I suppose what people can people are unaware of as well is that they can refuse to be weighed they can refuse to have their weight be the center of any conversation about their health with a medical professional but yeah people can refuse to be they can refuse to have that you know so I have made sure I I was ready to make sure of that in my care this time this time around for the umpteenth time um the nurse wanted to weigh me I said I'm refusing to be weighed I said I'm happy to be weighed when it's to calculate something that I need but other than that I don't want any weight-centric care that was fine no problem but this is an anomaly this is something that generally doesn't happen but it did happen for me last week after 16 years but then I was able to advocate for myself and that's something that takes an awful lot of energy an awful lot of headspace, an awful lot of prep, you know, that I suppose a lot of people may not have. Mm. And that's a massive privilege again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard, like, because if, if you look at, like, the training that the medical profession have, they get very little around sex unless they go off and specialise in it. And even then, it's still not the way we would like it to be. You know, yeah. um, we're not great. But then, so when you add in any kind of intersection into that, whether it's, you know, race or gender or size or whatever it happens to be, it, it's kind of like, oh, what do we do like you know and they kind of resorted then stereotypes on top of it of like well there's a sex issue not really sure how to deal with that but I know if you're big you should lose weight that's what I remember so therefore that must be the answer to the sex problem as well and it's like like one hand I don't blame them because they don't really get the training but on the other hand I'm like you you have a responsibility to educate yourself as well like this is your job that's it I mean if a handful out of how many hundreds of thousands millions of doctors out there if a handful can think about it in an objective way and not center weight as part of their care they all can do it you know it is possible for them all to it's just honestly I think a lot of it's a refusal not to it's a lot of old school kind of ways of looking at things as well and just yeah just a refusal or or else they're deeply embedded in diet culture themselves you know Mm. where they see health as thin and ill health as fat which you know is the outlook unfortunately for a lot of people 
Yeah, abs- absolutely. And then even like if we if we bring it to dating, I think like a lot of the times the only narrative you really hear for bigger people is about fitting into clothes and stuff like that. It's like the sex conversation just doesn't seem to be there. It's almost like you're you're not having it. That's the assumption. And it's like, I think that's very far from the truth for quite a lot of people. A lot of bigger yeah. people are having great sex lives. But yes. that gap is there in our conversation around it. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I like that's one reason why I wanted to study sex and sex education. And I I, I just like there's no representation for people in bigger bodies. There's no representation of fatness um, out there in sex education or in sex in sexual literature. You know, there's 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 very little, should I say not there's none, but there's very little. Um and yeah, it seems that people who are fat are left out of the conversation altogether, you know. Um, and as you said, it's very true. Fat people can and are and do have unreal sex lives. And it's so possible. And there's so much out there and there's so much to experience and so much to let go of as well. When you think about fatness and sex there's there's just so so much out there it's 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 incredible and I suppose like I, there's there's the element then of fetishization of fat bodies then too mm. and yeah. you know there's a bit of kind of like if that like if that's what you want if that's what you're you know actively consenting to to be fetishized that's absolutely fine but a lot of people in fat bodies are not consenting to that and I, I find particularly you know like in dms or India or even you know back in the day back in the day what age am I (laughs) (laughs) that side contained a lot of stories right there (laughs) just like the dm the inbox is just a weird place creep after creep yeah that's and Stephanie um you've always spoke about that as well of like people would just be like obviously it was like she'd get fetishized for being black and then fetishized for being bigger as well but all the terms like what do you think about those of like bbw so it's big beautiful woman and then in america you've got sbbw so like supersize bbw and like what do you think of those kind of terms personally i am not a fan because i think immediately it objectifies the person just for being fat and that is not something i am really on a level with um i think it's i I think it, it can be kind of gross um and yeah, it's it's the objectification. I can't I can't really get on board with with that. Mm-hmm. I think for somebody like any person in any body of any size, any ability can be desirable, sexy, um, lovable. You know, can be wanted and admired and adored without being objectified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You stop being Emma and you start being a, a collection of letters. <laughs> yeah that's it yeah Yeah, exactly and um yeah it's often it's something seen to be wanted or admired or um yeah like desired in spite of your body you know rather than your body is just one part of you you know yeah yeah I think like that fetishization like if you look at shows on like TLC you know you have the my 600 pound life and things like that and that's very like like kind of freak show stuff you know it's like that's what like TLC is like the modern day freak show and they just parade these people who like 
are living whatever lives they're living um and it's just like you know they get them to talk about these inner traumas just for like our amusement and our entertainment and they just stop becoming people and start becoming this object that we can safely look at and ridicule and go who would want them like you know and like mm-hmm. what who's married to that person oh my god they're getting married and like you see all this on like the community message boards and stuff like that and it's just like it just doesn't feel very empowering you know it, it's and, no. and they're always like it, shows to lose weight anyway yeah they are yeah and it's like look at how gross this person is or you know um it's pity porn you yes. know people yeah. dive on that they absolutely dive on it mm. or the gross kind of like you said the fascination I remember I always used to read like um, I think it's probably Closer magazine. I don't even know if that's still going now, but they always used to have like a weekly um, sex section. So it was like they go off and investigate like a swingers party or whatever. And it was like, oh, here, here's an early job career that I was interested in. But I always remember whenever they had bigger person, it was always like this insane, like kind of freak show aspect of it. There was like a couple of women. And I always remember because I remember going, the smell must be horrendous because they did something like they ate something like 400 boiled eggs like they're they were quite big for easter and like they got men to pay for it and i was like their farts must be insane <laughs> like i you know a normal egg is probably bad enough like 400 hard-boiled eggs on easter i was like i can't i was like, trying to work out like the time i was like how long would that yeah. take and like the smell of that oh my god like no but like do you know is that kind of like extreme kind of thing and you know that kind of gluttony it's like one of the original sins like so that's the article wasn't like anyway empowering it was like look at these freaks and they're gluttonous yeah. and this is horrendous and they're also earning money so the you know the people who are anti-sex work also got to give out to them of as course. well so it's like a double whammy of it but yeah yeah there's nothing kind of very positive about about that whole no. situation and it's it's quite it seems to be kind of pathologized that Mm. it's not normal or it's not you know this isn't what desirable looks like or this isn't what sexy looks like or this isn't what attractive Mm. you know this isn't what a a a partner should look like or you know it's the whole thing even of you know if you if you find this attractive there's something wrong with you if you find somebody of that size or this size attractive there's something wrong with you Mm -hmm. yeah 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 and it's the, the, the freak kind of nature yeah. of, of things like, you know, that could have been a really empowering article of like, look how much money these women are making yeah. like, in one day. Like they're like thousands yeah. and you're like, good for you. Like so. But just the yeah. smell of the, those farts and just no. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, what? there's probably someone like super into that as well, because like fart you know porn what? is a thing. So That's it. yeah, name it and there's someone into it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is the joy of of sex. So like even things like, you know, even what like lingerie stuff like a lot of people you know who enjoy some sexy times like to wear some sexy clothes whatever that looks like to you um but a lot of companies are like our sexy sizes stop at size 12 or 14 we don't like think of people beyond that size wearing scrappy lacy bits yeah absolutely and I mean it's the, the higher the size the less the access gets you know like I mean there's very there's very little out there now it is improving a bit I suppose on what's available lingerie wise and sexy clothes wise it, it is improving but it's I mean there's an awful awful long way to go um and even at that a lot of it is you know full coverage of stuff you know it's not it, it it's more basic mm. and a little 
data lace added rather than yeah. like an intricate pattern or something yes. like yeah. yeah I saw an ad on Facebook and it was for a high street retailer I don't know whether I should say their name or not mm-hmm. and um, they were selling some sex clothes so it was obviously a reader or a customer sent in picture kind of thing and it was you know a larger lady and fair play to her like you know she's sending it in but I was like oh god the comments are going to be horrendous because there was loads of them and then actually they were all like I don't care about her size but like the wires are popping out of her bra like can you not give this woman a di- yeah and they're like yeah. The, the way that the like seams are on the knickers like so none of them had any comments about her size they were all like you know I'm not going to buy this bra because it's popping the wire is popping out of it and I thought that was really positive because you know like, social media is just like not great sometimes uh <laughs> yeah but like I think like a lot of companies are kind of are they opening up is that a fair statement to go hey fat people have sex too and would like to look a certain way when they do um I honestly don't know I don't know because I still think there's there's still um an outlook of it's too much effort to cater to fat people you know it's too much it's too much cost to up our size and it's too much cost for material and yeah I think people are dismissed straight away I mean it's the same across the fashion industry anyway yeah yeah. um and while there are improvements and things are better than they were 10 years ago it's still abysmal the higher the the higher the clothes size goes and mm. um, I mean even see on the likes of for example ASOS you know when you click you know when you want to filter down to whatever size and you'll see you know size 10 12 14 have millions hundreds thousands of of styles available but then like the closer you go to like 24 26 28 30 32 like it's it just goes down and down and down and there might be nothing you know there might be absolutely nothing and there's just no choice there's there's no real choice out there and I mean we're all different we all have different preferences and appetites and you know styles of what we want to do what we want to wear and there's just there's no choice and I mean fat people have money we want to spend it yeah and also a need to dress yourself because that's socially acceptable to wear clothes when you leave the house yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely I mean even down to I saw an article recently oh god I can't remember who wrote it but it was about um bondage wear and it was about recommending size sizes for um harnesses for strap-ons and um different toys and things and like there just seemed to be a point where it stopped and it just didn't go above that size and you know that can be really inaccessible for people yeah yeah I know a few um we've talked to a few bondage people on the, on the podcast and we will be talking to more don't worry if that's your thing there will be more episodes coming up um but a lot of that world is very very heteronormative you know it's like a male rigger and so that's the person doing the tying and then a tiny 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 woman and again they're both usually white that's the dominant dominant image we see and then Mm -hmm. you know for things like doing bondage suspensions like it's this tiny scrap of a, a tiny girl up on on you know and it's like there's hardly any bigger people there and I, I yeah. remember going to a workshop on that before and the person was like if you don't know how to tie bigger people you're shit at this you know and I was like that's kind of refreshing to hear yeah. and they were like you just add more rope you know and be conscious of like different nerve parts and stuff like that but like it's not mm-hmm. that big 
a deal but again it's like breaking out from that like this is what's sexy because it's just you see it everywhere and like kink sites are full of it it's like oh here this is the sexy image that we're all kind of seeing or even like bondage instruction books or something it's all kind of generally speaking like that that kind of stereotype yeah straight size is the default mm-hmm. in everything it just it is and straight size and um non-disabled white cis it just you know hetero it just seems it's I don't think even that it seems to be it is the default in every blueprint every blueprint for everything <laughs> yeah, yeah and like that's another that's another part as well you know that you need to listen to the people in bigger bodies who are like overcoming these obstacles that they find you know and finding solutions around them or you know just a thing of adding more material or adding more rope or adding more length to something you know mm. like it's not always a a big complicated solution sometimes it is just the obvious yeah I remember seeing one thing before and it was like it was a bigger person doing the um I don't know was it a workshop or a talk online or something but they were talking about getting someone to kneel for ages and they were like that might be hard for a lot of people because our knees are delicate little things sometimes mm-hmm. and lots of people have issues and then the solution was like get a pillow or two pillows or two pillows and you're just like yeah, yeah actually is just as basic as that sometimes yeah it is I mean even looking at you know the likes of yoga videos and things like that seeing I'm seeing a lot of um of fat yoga teachers lately on whatever platforms I'm on and it's just it is just a case of you know maybe not kneeling for something maybe trying to find a way around it maybe sit in a certain way or as you say use a bolster use a pillow try and elevate this part try and you know sink lower for this part or you know there's there are there are adjustments for things yeah yeah and then when it comes to sex positions as well like you yeah. know a lot of the instruction manuals should we say are very much like like things I okay like shout out to people who can do like the wheelbarrow stuff because I'm like that is a lot of effort or like having sex like standing up like that I'm like oh like that's my back is just gonna get sore I'm like shower no shower sex is like way overrated unless you have like a big shower where you're both warm at the same time not like going I'm freezing my turn now and then yeah exactly there's one stream and only one of you gets to stand under it yeah and you're like scooching past each other and you're just like someone's gonna fall it's like oh it's yeah yeah, it's uh, overrated definitely but like all those instruction guides are very much like we are assuming you're all like uh well like heterosexual first of all but like able-bodied it's all like do you have these like wild and wonderful positions but there's there's not much there to go you know what about like how you know to accommodate somebody who mightn't have that kind of flexibility I mean and that's not even a size thing all the time not all of us are flexible anyway we're not all yoga queens Absolutely. I mean, and like, I suppose one thing for a lot of fat people would be like a belly in the way, you know, and even it, it might be just a case of like lifting a little bit or hoisting a little bit or, you know, moving something to the side or moving something out of the way and kind of being collaborative about it if it's partnered sex or if it's solo sex, you know, like learning little ways around it to make it more accessible for yourself. Mm. You know, it's, it, it just, it's, it's not considered so often and 
I think it's such an important thing to talk about. Yeah. And the confidence thing, like, do you see that meme that's going around and it's like, um, like it's talking about a woman sitting on a guy's face and it's like, sis, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> yeah. fine. But like, I can get that a lot of people like maybe so conscious of their weight doing something like that. And like, how, yeah. like, how does that confidence, you know, how can you tackle that? Um, honestly, I would say listen to your partner and believe them when they say they can handle something. If they're if if you're the person in the bigger, if it's say um a mixed size couple, like if the if the person in the fat body is unsure or if they they think they might hurt their partner, like if like believe them when they tell you that you won't hurt them. You know, put some you can put some trust in them, and that's really hard to do. It's really hard because you're told your whole life you're all your messaging is your body is wrong and that your body is going to break this or your body might have broken something before or but be collaborative with them and you know believe them that you're not going to smother them you're not going to squish them you're not going to hurt them yeah. um and if they stop like moving maybe check in like it's not maybe. that like someone's gonna oh, die you're not gonna notice like <laughs> you know there's a few warning signs before then it's fine absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely you know check it in with each other you know make it sh- like ask if it's okay like it's okay then if it's not okay you can adjust you can find something that does work you know like even things like putting a pillow under your hips to lift your hips if if that's an issue for you you know for depth or um yeah, just I really do. I really do think the power of just believing your partner when they tell you that you're not going to hurt them. Yeah, and it's massive. That took that's something that it took a long time for me hmm. to do, and it came with it came with finding body liberation and finding the trust and the confidence. And Jesus, I don't even have confidence all the time, like you know. But finding that that you don't have to fight against your body that you can work with your body mm. and that there's ways around things I think that's really important because like we're told like half the time we're, we're pitched as like our body is our enemy a lot and like I've, I've mentioned this before in the podcast you know I remember reading like cosmopolitan yeah. stuff growing up and it was like how to hide your belly during sex and like so I, I immediately was learning oh I, this is something I have to do I have to hide my belly during sex and like so like like people especially like if you have a vulva people are really self-conscious about that anyway they're like is it normal what does it smell like what does it look like whatever so then if you've got that and a belly on top and stretch marks and whatever else is going on it just feels like that's a lot to deal with and then when you're horny as well you're like that's also a lot to deal with so like how do we kind of just reject all that societal nonsense about this is what you should look like and be able to have that fun sex where we are confident in ourselves yeah I suppose like what I can say about that is if it's something that you're very new to just think about being open to it and think about you know you might actually deserve to have a fulfilling and gorgeous sex life you know, you might like there. You do, you do deserve that. Um, but be open to it if you can. It takes. I mean, it can take a lot of work. It can take a lot of rejigging your thoughts and maybe adjusting the way you think about something, or you know, adjust, even looking at yourself in the mirror naked, looking at your body, taking it in, looking at every part of yourself, and not flinching at it or not 
not not like if your instant reaction is disgust like not looking away and not shying away from yourself that's that's a massive step like that's really hard but it's a massive step um and that's for anybody like that's not just for people in in bigger bodies like I mean not everyone in bigger body has an issue with their body you know so that's another I think and that's another assumption actually that can be made you know for people in fat bodies is that they must hate themselves and a lot of like a lot of us don't <laughs> That's really important. Yeah, I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. Like, because not everyone who's like super slim is super happy with that anyway. Like, we make all these assumptions about people and their body, and it's like we forget the person that's actually in it, and they have all their stuff going on as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, you're you're the person if you're having partnered sex, they're there. They want to be with you. They want to have sex with you. You know, they they're not under any illusions about your body you know they have eyes if you're fat and clothes you're (laughs) fat naked yeah yeah like they kind of know what they're getting into like you know they they can see you that's yeah that's why people are like oh no I have to wear black because I have to look slimmer and it's like like we know like we you know you're taking up that space and that's okay like Mm -hmm. but but to get to that point is hard because there's such a difference between body positivity and body acceptance or body neutrality so talk us through those differences because I actually I think like a lot of the body positivity stuff has become quite toxic really yeah it has um the body positivity movement it's become quite hijacked by slim white cis non-disabled women um and it's a bit it's a bit of a toxic a toxic um environment online at the moment and um, so we I suppose a lot of us in the fat liberation movement have moved a bit away from that um so yeah it's 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 a bit of a dicey one um I would suggest looking up the likes of like you said you know body neutrality fat neutrality fat positivity fat liberation um body image work um oh god <laughs> no 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 you're grand you're grand but like I, I think that's really important this is why I always have an issue at the end of drag race when RuPaul says if you can't love yourself how in the hell are you meant to love someone else and it's like it's I really don't like that because it's like it's like you have to be this perfect human before you're like able to love someone else and we can love other people when we're still a work in progress for ourselves like, you know. absolutely we can absolutely we can and other people can love us as well when we don't love ourselves yeah like we don't have to I just like that's like a lot of pressure like and, and loving ourselves, it's it's hard sometimes if life is hard and you know and to accept our body all the time because our bodies change so much like you know in, in so many different ways and um we can become disabled we we can we grow old we get hair grown where it didn't used to grow but oh, it's just like yeah. there's a lot going on with a body <laughs> a lot there's so much and we do change so much over time and I think even like to have a goal of loving your body that can be too big a goal like it really can you don't have to love it you don't have to look what you look at your body and love it but you can work with it you can you know collaborate with your body rather than going against it like learn your cues learn what you like learn you know learn what you like learn what works for you there's there's so much that we're taught to ignore with our natural cues you know around hunger around pleasure like you don't you don't have to do that you don't have to ignore your cues like you can be collaborative with your body and honestly like I mean that in itself is massive 
like I don't love my body every day like very rarely will I be like oh god yeah you know I do love my body but I respect it now and I I accept it for the most part and it's my body it's it's like it's part of me but it's not the only thing about me that is important Mm. I think that's a nicer kind of it's like a gentle way you know it's it's a way I think it's more compassionate way because like if we're like you have to love your body like it's a lot of pressure because it feels like well on those days that I don't and I'm really frustrated am I failing I must be a total failure and you know how our minds can kind of run away with ourselves sometimes but I liked um we had Alex Black on the podcast recently and she was talking about consent and I liked the way she was saying like my body is my home and you don't get to come in and do things my home without my consent and that yeah. worked really well for that but it also works for I think um our body size of like it's our home we don't have to be like this is the best home in the whole world ever but like it's what we have so how yeah. do we work with it to like like living in that space yeah absolutely and I mean uh, on that as well like our bodies can betray us too you know like our bodies might not do something that we wanted to do it might not work we want to work we might not be able to flex we want to flex or you know do something on a particular day like there's so many ways in which we can feel our bodies are betraying us should I say but it's that thing of it's 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 that thing of just respecting it and respecting the process of what your body does every day and even just being alive like mm. is incredible. Absolutely. It's just incredible. Yeah, yeah. And even when it comes to things like sex, um, you know, even like the physicality sometimes of like reaching your bits, you know, it might be kind of harder if you have mobility issues or like you said, if, if, if you've got your belly in your way or whatever. And then some toys are like really short and they have to be held at a very specific angle. And it's like, if you don't hit that sweet spot. It's not happening. It's like, yeah. you know, understand why some people are like, oh, sex toys aren't for me. But like, are, are there kind of like conversations happening in you know body acceptance communities about um the kind of sex toys that might work for a bigger person yeah there are like myself and um Michelle McCormack had we did a live on Instagram (laughs) a couple of months ago that was really really good and really open about sex and sex toys and and we talked about different things you know of having you know like a length in a sex toy you know like the do you like the wands yeah the magic wand OG everyone yes. if you haven't got one <laughs> treat yourself it's worth yes, it treat yourself <laughs> absolutely um and you know things like that um uh even positions that you might be in you know if if on your side or on your front or if you need to like straddle a pillow or something to make something more easy to get to um use longer if you can find longer like even you know the double end dildos things like that um what else I'm blanking now again I didn't actually think of the the double-ended dildo but that actually makes perfect sense because you've got quite a lot to work with on on, you know in a double-ended so yeah absolutely and some are quite malleable as well that you can like you know put them into certain um angles and things like that you know there's 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 such a variety of sex toys out there Mm -hmm. I mean if you talk a lot of people who are you know have the independent sex shops can are really good for guiding you with things like that as well yeah 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 and I won't judge you for asking you know about that kind of thing because they're like hopefully a bit more switched on and and stuff like that so yeah I mean people who are do who have these businesses are passionate about that and are passionate about helping people find their pleasure yeah 
yeah and absolutely. that's incredible you know take like ask ask the questions don't be there, there's absolutely nothing to be ashamed or embarrassed about with it yeah the only questions they hate are like sleazy gross ones of like trying to hit on them and stuff <laughs> other than that like they're yeah. <laughs> yeah like don't be creepy like that's weird but I think a really good important point as well about um sex when you were bigger is birth control so not a lot of people know that actually some birth control doesn't work if you're over a particular size like some of the um the morning after pills actually will only work up to a certain size and maybe some people became aware of this because the horrendous news out of the US with the potential of uh, overturning the abortion um, rights access and people were like oh you just just buy birth control or just buy the more natural that's all and it's like it actually doesn't work for everybody no no it doesn't there's a there's a massive drop in how effective it can be if you're over I think it's 155 or 175 pounds something like that mm. um and a lot of people just aren't aware of that and that's massive like that's that's a life-changing thing yeah yeah like that people don't know that you know they they might use it and expect that that's okay then and then it's not so suddenly you know Mm. um and then access I suppose as well to abortion care to medical care like I mean that's again another thing that fat phobia comes into um and you see it as well in in the opposite like infertility care people don't want to treat people in bigger bodies it's again a thing of go off and lose weight and come back um but and actually in in pregnancy care as well but um yeah it's it's massive and I think one of the one of the biggest things and it was something again I read lately and again I'm blanking on who wrote (laughs) I really should make a note of these things (laughs) that's okay Um, (laughs) but I read something recently and it was about you know uh, medical research and there's a weight limit on um, if you can donate your body to medical research, to medical science. So a lot of research is not done on fat bodies, but yes, that's the most bizarre. assumptions on fat bodies. Yeah. That's like yeah. the gap is there. So it's yeah. like, why not get these bodies to fill that gap? That's I know. I actually, and it's, it's funny, I actually looked it up before for um, to donate it, I think, to the UCC Medical, medical Hospital or Medical university and yeah there's a weight limit there and I exceed the weight limit and that's bizarre that's bizarre because yeah there's um I know there is some research about like most meds are tested on like a middle-aged white man um, and who's of like slim build and then the rest of us just have to like accept that and you know it doesn't like yeah and like women especially for was it the COVID vaccine and people were like hey this is really affecting my periods and they were like well yeah. that didn't work on the men we tested it on but yeah. and then like bigger sizes as well and different races and ethnicities and it's like I don't know I just don't know how like in this day and age like that's still a thing oh yeah it is it's it's everywhere it's absolutely everywhere um bizarre so yeah that's a massive barrier and there's so much I suppose still unknown um, and even again with access, you know, there's certain types of physical contraception that you, you might not be able to act, you might not be able to use if you can't access your vulva fully or, you know, there's there's so many things. There's so many things that are that are kind of off limits to a lot of people, you know, just because of their size or because of accessibility. Mm. Um, but contraception is is definitely a big one they say that the combined pill 
is not the combined pill is not recommended if you're above a certain BMI. BMI is another bullshit That's, thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, um, so it would be like progesterone only pill, things like the marina coil, um, and the injection, things like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would be more recommended. But then again, like the marina coil is in it is not suitable for everybody. That's something I tried, and it did not work out for me. I had a horrendous time on it and then there's other people and it completely you know it's absolutely fine for them but yeah it's it can be a bit of a minefield yeah yeah definitely and even like again that that gap is there when it comes to you know the birth control side but the gap is there and also in like representing representations of like fat joy fat pleasure flat fat sex appeal I mean like if you look at like mainstream pop culture it's like poor Lizzo has like the weight of the world on her shoulders of like the one representative of being a bigger size and like singing about confidence like that she's the poor girl she's just like remember she got crucified for doing a juice diet because people are like no you're like fat idol like you have to stay this way forever but even in porn it's like again it's still like slim bodies and Mm -hmm. or else if, if it is a fat person it's very fetishized a lot of the time it's not um just like here's a person here's like you know um I'm trying a to think names or... person yeah like, and I think the thing with fatness and pleasure and fat pleasure is you know like if you're fat you're seen as someone who already overindulges and constantly indulges themselves and then to add sexual pleasure on top of that then is just like oh my god what are we going to do you know this person is just having too much crack <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like, like a monstrous thing yeah it is it's seen as like this grotesque thing where it should be something to be celebrated fat yeah. joy fat pleasure like everyone everyone should be able to enjoy pleasure and you know have whatever whatever sex whatever whatever way they enjoy their life yeah. I remember being at the, the porn awards for my research and it, we were watching the red carpet going by and it, it was just it's a bizarre experience like you're walking past people playing the slot machines and then like porn stars are just walking straight past it's just it's wild but like I don't know if they had a specific order or anything like that for people walking down the red carpet but then it was like you know everyone walked by and then there's like a cohort of people who are obviously like the BBD bbw category because like everyone was suddenly um a larger size and it was like is everyone like are they all like segregated <laughs> like what's yeah. kind of that's odd like that's yeah. but the porn industry can be very segregated by categorized yeah, people yeah. and yeah but it just it was like and they weren't nominated for other awards other than like bbw stuff really you know it was like they weren't there for like best performer or anything like that it was like best niche category and it's like can can a fat person not just win best actress you know yeah. just have it be that 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 as a thing but um yeah, yeah, yeah it absolutely it just it seems to be the fat category or you know the people with disabilities category or ev- and everything else kind of then is cis white non-disabled hetero yeah <laughs> And even yeah. in, um, God, I remember growing up that we were watching, remember Bridget Jones's diary and it was like, she was billed as like a fat girl struggling to find life. And like, she's really quite slim. I think she was like yeah. a 12 or something. And her yeah. whole life for ages was like putting on this weight, 
or what's her name again Renee Zellweger was yeah. really quite slim in real life because Hollywood and everything and her whole life was like talking about putting on this enormous amount of weight to play the character lose it and then play it again and you know and it was just like it's like that's the defining characteristic of Bridget Jones that she was fat and wore big fat pants yeah and was actually nowhere near fat no. <laughs> nowhere near plus size <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I remember that scene where she walked out in like the bunny costume or something, and she actually had, she had lovely, like lovely breasts, lovely, lovely fair breasts on her, and they were very jiggly. And everyone was going, "Oh my god, like they're so fat!" And it's like, that wasn't a big thing, but like that was huge at the time. Of like, look how big she is, and that's why she's a failure and stuff like that. And so I don't think we have extended that invitation to the big screen in a healthy way for people bigger than size 12 or whatever she was at the time yeah no I agree I don't I don't think that that invitation has been extended very far at all it seems to be just tiny whatever the whatever the ideal is at the time Mm. if you fit that you're grand but beyond that like you're you're pathologized within an inch of your life yeah and hopefully that changes soon but uh we will get there so. <laughs> well people like yourself doing the work in, in sex education like you're you're doing your um postgrad at the moment which is fab because again we need to shake up that system and not have everyone be um slim white cis and all the rest of it and stuff we need that diversity there because you can't preach diversity if you don't have diverse people um working yeah. there so that is fab what's next once you finish your course Oh God, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know. I think um I'm hoping to go on and do a master's in counseling and psychotherapy and kind of work in Fab. work it all in together somehow. Oh, you totally could. Yeah. That's that that's a natural bedfellow for that. So um yeah. fabulous. Well we look forward to seeing what you get up to. And where can people find you if they want to follow along with the work that you're doing? Uh, so I'm at I am a human on Instagram that's where I'm mostly active and same on Twitter but I'm not very active on Twitter but yeah Instagram is your best bet <laughs> yeah that's where it's at for sure so um Emma thank you so much it's been a great chat with you and I just think it's it's great to have the humor part of this as well you know I think that's really nice and that's what you're really good at chatting about this because it's a scary topic for some people um you know sex in general but then when you add in yeah something that you're pathologized for as well it's extra scary and stuff so you are doing the good work out there <laughs> thank you well I think sex is hilarious too so <laughs> <laughs> oh it works out the That's... humor goes with it <laughs> yeah no definitely definitely no thank you you're awesome and yeah we look forward to see what you what do you get up to in the big bad world once you're out there all, all qualified <laughs> thanks very yeah. much Caroline I really appreciate it Oh, thanks, Mel. Um, and thanks, Mel, to all my listeners for tuning in. As always, you're absolute legends. Thank you so much. Um, and a big shout out to my new listeners in Brazil, actually. Thanks, Mel. Someone out there is binging my stuff at the moment. So I hope you enjoy. If you want some lube, I will send you out some lube if you want to. Uh, so thanks, Mel, to everyone. And we'll chat to you next time. Bye.